Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security and principle over party and truth over your favorite personality. Thank you so much for joining me today for our episode 1135. My goodness, it just... The hits keep coming, and I'm glad that we're able to get together. I'm glad that we're able to talk this stuff through together. I'm glad we're able to sit down and reason with each other in the face of how things are working today, in the face of media and hysteria and politics and politicians. You know that I've been fighting this COVID madness in the state of Florida I've been working with a great attorney who's also a, a, a Florida house rep. His name's Anthony Sabatini, a good, strong, liberty-focused kind of guy. And he's doing a whole lot more legally than I am. I'm just sort of helping him out with a couple cases. And, and I've been trying to help people understand their orders and helping churches and businesses, you know, all pro bono at this point. And just doing what I can to help the madness and what I can't understand what is always so mind-boggling to me is how absolutely utterly deceived people are by the information why can't people see what is happening right in front of their faces I'll leave that out for you for our chat room today what is what is that that contributes to this grand and great deception that has overcome America? And we don't see it just simply with COVID. We see it with, you know, race, the, the, the claim of racism and the division. And I don't know. I mean, my limited lifespan, of course, of of just over 50 years. And then what we have is the history that I've learned but there's only I mean you can't get the finite details from even from from original source text because you know I'm an original source historian and even using original source text it's difficult to get the nuances of what society was actually like and I just don't know have we ever come under such a heavy and complete deception in America. I mean, I think about I think about the the McCarthy era. You know, the I, I think about the uh, free love era, both in seventeen uh, sixty seventeen eighty five and then seventeen and then in the nineteen sixties. I wonder how many people realize that that the free love movement actually began at the turn of the of the 1700s uh or well the turn of the 18th century 18th to 19th century we'll get that right one of these one of these days from the 18th to the 19th century began the free love movement you want a little bonus for your educational dollar a little history to to run some research on look up a woman named mary wollenston craft mary wollenston craft and see how Mary Wollenstonecraft and her fiction book was hijacked and turned into a free love movement to demonize the family, 
to demonize marriage, to demonize childbearing of women. And that was the turn of the 18th to the 19th century, not the 1960s. History always repeats, but it's interesting how it repeats. And this is just, to me, just absolutely mind-boggling. I want to do a cover, you know, sort of a rapid fire today so we can cover a, a number of things for you. First, let's say hello to the chat room. Hello, Patriots, Allentown, Pennsylvania, Auburn, Alabama, South Haven, Mississippi. This is our YouTube channel, uh, chat room, Bonnie Lake, Washington, Wenatchee, Washington, Utah in the house, uh, Southern Missouri. And let's see, what else do we have here? Oh, we got our, we got our, uh, John is representing our over-the-road truck drivers today. Whoop, whoop, give us a honk, honk. <laughs> Sorry, JC would be rolling his eyes at me right now. Uh, North Carolina Patriots in the house. Middletown, New York. Um, Arkansas, Missouri again. Southeast Texas, Central Florida. My goodness, everybody here in the house. Brandon, Florida. Uh, Liberty State, Tampa. Oh, we got such great Tampa people now. Fighting, 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 fighting. And so welcome to everybody in our chat room in YouTube. What about our Facebook chat, chat room? Pittsburgh, Bonnie Lake, Washington, Southern Utah, Huntsville, Alabama. No Cal in the house. Man, I've been talking to some Northern California people today. You guys... I, I, I just want to tell you that I pray for you guys regularly. I can't even imagine, cannot even imagine what you guys are living, uh, living in. Oh, we've got Guatemala in the house today in our YouTube chat room. Just looking over at that. Uh, oh, Kansas governor. Come on now, Rob Wood. What's going on with Kansas now? Kansas governor. Force orders masks everywhere in public. I don't understand. Hey, Danny. How you doing, Danny? Danny Flowers is a longtime friend and supporter. We're just glad to see you. Hey, Roger, kid. Roger's another one of the long-term. A uh, long-time South Carolina, Topeka, Kansas. Uh, North Carolina, Washington, Washington, Texas. I mean, you guys are all over the place. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for your support. Um, yeah, Kevin says, why are statues still coming down? Maybe that's our perfect segue for our first rapid fire today. We have Frederick Douglass statue vandalized in New York Park on the anniversary of Frederick Douglass's famous speech. Now they're saying we don't know who that was that did that. We think maybe, you know, it's too early to be be uh, spreading any kind of rumors or or to be making any kind of decisions. Do you realize now that if it were a situation where it was actually uh, not some Antifa group. Like, so if it was actually a right-wing fringer or some hate group that was doing it, they'd have jumped on that like a heartbeat. They wouldn't have any problem throwing out baseless accusations if they actually thought it was or believed they could 
wrap some truth, some, you know, some circumstantial evidence together to blame it on some, you know, white supremacist right wing fringe group. Right. But the fact that they're actually saying, uh, no, 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 we, we don't want to we don't want to be too quick about this. I believe in this could be, you know, my tin foil hat moment today. This could be that they know who did it. Right. But why would it surprise you that somebody like the Marxist Black Lives Matter or the Marxist Antifas would do something like that? First off, the, the people who follow these movements are not doing it because they're highly educated and well-informed on reality and history. They are deceived. They are greatly, greatly deceived. And for them to tear down a statue, I mean, they're like, oh, look, it's a statue. Let's tear it down. I bet that's about the sum and total of the spark of brain cell that went into tearing down the Frederick Douglass statue. Oh, it's a statue. Let's tear it down. He looks like he's dressed in old time clothes. He must be. You know, we need to tear this down. Well, let me share with you. This is actually from a presentation that I did today for the Liberty Institute. We were supposed to do it on July 2nd, but you know, we were in Dallas and things got really complicated and we had to postpone it. But we did it this morning with the Liberty Institute, which was the history of our our uh, Independence Day, the history of our Independence Day. And we were absolutely, uh, it was an amazing class. Everybody was so happy about it. If you don't know about it, go to the Liberty Institute and you can go back they'll have it up online you'll be able to watch it later for a limited time but this is frederick douglas by the way right here there you go frederick douglas frederick douglas was a freed slave and a leading abolitionist now of course the people who tore down that statute i i i, I want to put a bet out there they had no idea who this was and they tore it down on the anniversary of his july 5th speech now, it could have been the evening of July 4th or the late, early, early morning of July 5th, but it happened in that era. And on his, in his speech, Frederick Douglass talks about American exceptionalism. Not just simply American exceptionalism as we are, but American exceptionalism as we are to be. As our foundation gave us the, the opportunity to be. And I just want to read to you from his July 5th speech. Just a portion of it. It's a really long speech. But I want you to read it. Because there are lots of people spreading lies about Frederick Douglass. So I want you to know this. He says, July 4th is the great fact, is the first great fact in your nation's history. The very ring bolt in the chain of your yet undeveloped destiny. Frederick Douglass, this freed slave, abolitionist, worked with the Underground Railroad, said, Pride and patriotism, not less than gratitude, prompt you to celebrate and to hold it in perpetual rem remembrance. Celebrate, this freed slave says, celebrate your Independence Day. I have said that the Declaration of Independence is the ring bolt to the chain of your nation's destiny. So indeed I regard it. The principles contained in that instrument are saving principles. Stand by those principles. Be true to them on all occasions and in all places against all foes and at whatever cost. 
And that's the statue of the man torn down. Early, early morning, July 5th, late, late, late night, July 4th, in Rochester, New York. So we're not dealing with people who are well-informed and greatly knowledgeable in what they're doing. Let me show you now. Oops, wrong one. There we go. One more. Nope. <laughs> you guys hate this about me, don't you? The fact that I can never get my little screens right. I, we're in our rapid fire, as rapid fire, I suppose, as Chris Ann Hall can get these days. But I came across this article very coincidentally in the magazine called Fortune. And I thought that the magazine called Fortune was really, really apropos if not subliminal, for what Fauci stands for. Now, I want you to see this article. Anthony Fauci says coronavirus vaccine immunity is likely to be finite. Shock, awe, amazement. Let me explain to you what that means. Anthony Fauci is trying to explain to us, to prepare us for the little fact that the coronavirus is not like the polio virus vaccination is not the, the COVID vaccination is not like the polio vaccination where you get it once and you're done. Oh, no, 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 not at all. No, you're going to have to have the coronavirus vaccination all the time. You're going to have to repeat it over and over and over again, just like the flu vaccination. You're going to have to have a new vaccination periodically. What does that mean? Every six months, every four months, every year? Well, it'll depend on the federal budget. How much the government wants to pay Bill Gates and Mr. Fauci for their vaccination that you will have to have now on this day forward, regularly and repeatedly. Is that shock anybody? Does that amaze anybody? The announcement by Mr. Fauci that guess what? You're going to have to have this vaccination, which, by the way, I'm going to make money off of. I'm going to make so much money off this vaccination, and you're going to have to have it over and over and over again. You're going to have to have it to go to school. You're going to have to have it to go to the grocery store. You're going to have to have it to get on an airplane. You're going to have to have it to ride public transportation. You want to engage in your right to due process? You want your right to a trial? You want to go into the courtroom? You're going to have to have a vaccination first. I just want you to see how this is going to go. They're not going to force vaccinate you. The mask thing should tell us that. They're not going to make you have a mask or make you have a, a vaccination. They're going to tell you, you cannot engage in commerce without proof of a vaccination. They may even make it your choice. No, it's not mandatory, not at first. Of course, there'll be medical exceptions because some people medically can't get vaccinations. Now, they may even consider religious exemptions, probably not for very long. 
Because you see, there are many states that offer religious exemptions for vaccinations. You don't have to have a vaccination if it violates your faith or the tenets of your faith. We might entertain that, I'm sure Mr. Fauci would tell us, but you realize the danger is just too great. So just like they shut down the churches, you know, because it was too dangerous, you can protest, right? You can protest. Let me see if I can find this article. I know who posted it on Facebook, so let me see if I can find Stephanie's Facebook page really quick and then locate this article because this is very interesting. This this is very, very interesting. Let's see. Oh, there we are. No, that's not who we want. Yeah, that's who we want. Right there. Okay. All right. Uh, Stephanie, how far down is this article? Anyway, it was a new study released that said, we've discovered, guess what? That the virus was not spread by the protests slash riots, right? I wonder where she did that. Mm -mm -mm. I don't know. I can't find it now. Maybe I'll find it for you later. I should have looked it up first, but I didn't, I didn't realize this is, this is where we're going. So apparently, the virus itself does not, knows how to stay away from an Antifa or Black Lives Matters riot and protest. But, you know what, if you go to church, no. Crowds at a church are just way too dangerous. Oh, I need to find this. I need to find this for you. But anyway, we need to understand the financial motivation behind this. And this is part of the deception. How do we even see that Fauci, how do we even see that Fauci is even a credible person in all of this? How do we accept that Fauci has any credibility with vaccinations, with the COVID virus, when the man makes money, when he makes money off of the virus, when he makes money off of the vaccination? I don't know how, I don't know. I simply don't understand how we're able to even think about the fact that what we have here. Oh, I found it. Ha, ha, ha. Yay. See, I stalled long enough. There we go. Research determines, according to Forbes magazine, research determines that protests did not cause spike in coronavirus. So meeting together at a protest where you're, you know, stacked on top of each other like this, and believe me, they put this picture up them wearing masks, okay? They weren't wearing masks in the beginning. This is just something that's new. They, re they are now saying there is, researchers found no evidence that urban protests reignited COVID-19 case growth 
during more than three weeks following protest onset. Meanwhile, California governor has outlawed singing in church. Right? You can shout at a protest continually, but you can't sing in a church occasionally. (sighs) I want to show you this video. We actually have sound with this video. So, and it's a little bit low, so turn up your ears. I'm going to play this for you. Think about this now in terms of vaccinations. Think about this now in terms of making money. The four-point pillar program for opening schools. Four-part pillar program that allows us to do that. Uh, The first, and we believe this is important, is to try to have all of our students tested before they return to campus. Uh, Not after they return, but before they return, so that those who need isolation can do that at home and we can begin the school year. Second, our UAB folks and our people on all three of our campuses have developed a symptom tracking app that's used on the phone. It takes 20 seconds to sign up for, 10 seconds every two or three days to follow up on to track symptoms. Uh, We also have a program to trace uh, contacts that will allow us to manage student outbreaks during the year. And then last, a sentinel testing or a sample testing program throughout the throughout the rest of the school year. What this does is not only we hope. So this is what we need to understand. I'll just sort of back up for you. Okay. Fauci has told us vaccinations are going to have to be done over and over and over again. The four pillar points to opening the school will be the, f- the four pillar points to running your business. No business occupancy without a vaccination now, without proof of a vaccination. Maybe they'll give us religious exemptions. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll give you medical exemptions, but maybe they won't. But here we go, guys. Here's the solution, and I'll give it to you real quick. You have to have an underground commerce. We've got to build it now. Thank you, Teresa, for your super chat telling me I had no sound. (laughs) You have to have. You have to have an underground market system. Our founders had one to avoid the government mandates. The British government, when you you hear my history of, of America leading up to our Declaration of Independence, leading up to our our revolution and our and our push against the government, you have to see that they were mandating purchases. They were putting people in jail for refusing to comply with their pretended laws of commerce. How did they respond? They created an underground commerce system. You could still use money. You don't have to barter. But you have to have business owners that are willing to stay open. 
business owners that are willing to say, I don't care what the government says. You don't have to have proof of vaccination to come into my business. You don't have to wear a mask to come into my business. And then we need a group, an organized group across America that will will actually defend these businesses. A citizen's defense group or a committees of correspondence or, or something that will help us defend each other in, def- in peacefully non- not complying with these irrational and unlawful intrusions on our private business rights, our private property rights, our private medical rights, everything that the government has no business doing. Now, look, if a business wants to choose to say you can't come in here without a vaccination, if a business wants to choose and say you can't come in here without a mask, go for it. Property rights, all on you. But when the government comes in and says, you have to do this before people can come into your business, that is completely, completely outside the role and power of government. I realize that we allow government to do that. I get, I'm so sick and tired of the no, shoot, no, no shoes, no shirt, shirt, no service mantra. You know what? That's a bunch of garbage. Government doesn't have the authority to tell you that either. And a business could let you in. They don't have to enforce that. So if a business wants to choose to do that, then we do that. And while we're trying to get the government back in check, because that's a long-term vision, the short-term, immediate solution is peaceful non-compliance. A business, there's got to be people out there that are gifted in organizing this kind of thing, collaborating, pulling together, patriot business owners, uh, farmers, ranchers, processors, truck drivers, transportation, all these people that can do all these things. We have to have a league of patriots in every one of these professions that will say, I will respect the property rights. I will respect the business owners and I will respect the customers. And if they don't want to enforce this, then I'm going to serve them no matter what. It's time for us to have this. We can do this. Peaceful noncompliance. They didn't even have internet back then. We can do this. We can organize this better. We have greater resources. We have greater opportunities. And we have greater numbers. We have to stick together. You know what? If they don't want to come into our business because we don't chart, we don't force vaccinations, and we don't want to wear, we don't force people to wear masks, then let them go. Let them go to their businesses with the masks and the vaccinations. They don't need to come to ours. I fully believe that there is a patriot core large enough to keep a, a string of, of society, a, a business coalition together. I believe that. I believe that. And that's how we turn it back. That's how we work. This is the solution. It, it worked in the past. It can work again. But we have to have people who are brave enough to stand up, who are brave enough to say, guess what? We are not going to comply. 
So I believe there's a Patriot Corps that can make this happen. And this is the idea. So we need to find some people out there that can organize and hook us all together and make all of this happen. So there's my, in spite of the few minutes where I had no sound, now we have a situation where we have a problem and we have a solution. We, we, can, we can reinstate a free market and let the free market rule. But we have to protect people against, you know, the, the health department and all this stuff. You know, they come in and they say, we're going to repeal your license. Fine, I'm going to stay open. I don't need your license. Okay, we're going to shut off your water and your electricity. Fine. We have a core of people that will bring generators to our businesses and keep us running. We'll, we'll ship in the water that we need. We don't need your services. We can do this. Surely there's property owners that will allow real businesses, real market. Can you imagine the prosperity of liberty that operates that way? And I believe that given the opportunity, people will see the inevitable prosperity. See, regulation does not bring prosperity. Regulation brings poverty. Our prosperity in America... And I don't know how to make people understand this, but it's an absolute fact. And in the story we're going to cover next, we'll help you understand that. But it is an absolute fact that regulation not only dampens, but destroys innovation and prosperity. And the government proves it for us every day. Every day. That's a good point. If I don't get your services, I'm not paying your taxes either. Shanti says, no services, no taxes. You're going to cut off my water? You're going to cut off my electricity? Fine. Then guess what? We'll work cash in hand. I don't want to sound crazy, but this is how it works. This is how what's crazy is what's, what, what is rational and reasonable. That's why this is or Orwellian. Rational, reasonable people believe that it is reasonable that someone who owns a business controls the business. Rational, reasonable people believe that when people put their blood, sweat, and tears into a business, that government shouldn't be able to control that. Rational, reasonable people believe that. Rational, reasonable people believe that the free market system works. Don't tell me capitalism doesn't work because you don't like greed and you don't like wicked people capitalism works when morality and liberty liberty is followed people don't have a problem with capitalism people have a problem with fascism people have a problem with soviet style business where government and business are so yoked together that now government controls the business and the people with the money shut down the small businesses and keep everybody out of business that can't pay the government their due. So we've got to be together on this. It's a unity movement. We can, we can do this. We can absolutely do this. So, remember I'm telling you, regulations dampen innovation, destroy prosperity and if 
You don't believe me? Look at this. I actually did an article about this a long time ago because right now the Keystone Pipeline is back into the news. Oh, there we go. The Keystone Pipeline is back in the news, and that's because the Supreme Court... Now, uh, I've, I've seen all the, the headlines, the Supreme Court... Uh, gives a striking blow, denies the Keystone Pipeline, the Supreme Court hands Trump administration a defeat, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Remember, this is a pending case. What this is about is about an injunction. So there's been no final decision on the Keystone uh, Pipeline case. What this is is a motion to stay a motion to stay the enforcement of a lower court order. And Kagan, because it's just a motion to stay in a pending case, it doesn't go through the entire Supreme Court review. It is assigned to a Supreme Court justice, and a single Supreme Court justice can deny or grant a stay in a pending case. So in this particular case, it does not go, it, they can go before the whole Supreme Court. They like to do that, especially when it's, you know, a politically charged case or they don't want responsibility for what happens. But Kagan, she doesn't care. So Kagan says that the stay that was granted by the lower court saying you can't build you cannot proceed on the Keystone Pipeline until there's a final judgment by the Supreme Court. That's what a stay means. A stay means we're in a pending case and we're asking you to stop doing what you're doing until the court can give a final opinion. Now, sometimes they, they grant the stays and whatever is happening, whatever is in controversy has to stop. Sometimes they don't grant the stay and they can keep doing what they're doing uh, even while the case is pending. In this particular case, the stay was granted and the, the building of the Keystone Pipeline must halt until the final review by the courts takes place. Now that could mean all the way through the Supreme Court but at this point in time, the uh, pending disposition of the appeal in the United States Court of Appeals in the Ninth Circuit and the disposition of the p petition for writ of certiari to the Supreme Court is uh, in pending action, which means still in progress. So the stay will, ha will remain no building until that happens. Now this doesn't this is not about the Trump administration. This is not about the uh, oil pipelines. And what happens is all of this gets lost because the situation is completely politicized. So let me explain to you the problems with the Keystone pipeline, okay? I will tell you. I don't you know me, liberty over security, principle over party, truth over personality. I am not going to take a position because uh, it's contrary to Obama or it's in favor of, of Trump 
or it's contrary to Trump or in favor of the Democrat Party. That is not who I am. I'm going to give you the straight up line on the problems with the Keystone Pipeline. All right. Now, I wrote this article a long time ago, had to do with the uh, a federal law called H.R. 3 called the Northern Route Approval Act, which the House of Representatives passed to clear the way for laying the pipeline. All right. So here's the problem with the Keystone Pipeline. Problem number one. The bill and the subsequent building of the Keystone Pipeline grants federal permit exemptions to a private foreign corporation that is not available to anyone else. So what we have are federal regulations being set aside for a private foreign corporation while everybody else in America has to submit to these overbearing, draconian, frankly unconstitutional regulations. So what that means is, and they even said this in the bill, that Congress wants to exempt this private corporation from the permitting process because it is a restraint that will limit the progress of the building. I, I just, just wrap your brain around that. You have now... Congress saying a private foreign corporation does not have to submit to environmental regulations, specifically uh, water clarity regulations. We have also uh, the Endangered Species Act of 1973 that they're exempt from. And problem number two, as if that's not big enough, right? So the government says these regulations are going to impede progress of this pipeline. It's necessary to create, we need this pipeline, you heard it, we need this pipeline to create jobs. We need this pipeline to, to provide industry. And the government is now saying, okay, the regulations that we impose are bad for creating jobs, they are bad for progress, and they are bad for innovation. So what we're going to do is we're going to give this foreign corporation exemption from these, these innovative and progress-defeating, job-destroying regulations. But everybody else still has to submit to them. You see what I'm telling you? They're admitting that these regulations are contrary to commerce, contrary to profit, contrary to anything that has to do with progress. Okay. Problem number two. The Keystone Pipeline, being a foreign corporation, has been given public-private partnership status, and that means that they are they are they have available to them 
quasi-governmental power. They are allowed to have a private corporation, to have a right-of-way and temporary use of permit for Mineral Leasing Act, the Federal Land Policy Management Act, and legally speaking, that term right-of-way means a private corporation now has the permission of our government to have free easement over the property that is within the path of the, of, of the pipeline, private property included. You probably know this better under the term eminent domain. Eminent domain is an issue of law when the government wants to acquire private property for public use. The government, not private businesses, the government. Under eminent domain, the government must give you due process and provide you with fair market value just compensation for any property that they acquire for public use. For roads, specifically. I mean, it's been exaggerated and expanded to mean just about anything. Okay, so let me explain how this works now. Our federal government has granted this private foreign corporation right of way authority over private property in the path of the pipeline. Which means now they can go up to the private property owner and say, We have to have your property. You have no choice in the matter. You will sell us your property. Because we now, even though we're a private foreign corporation, we now carry the force of government. Okay? Well, let's put in Kilo versus City of New London, Supreme Court case, which stated... That eminent domain can be used by a private corporation to take property from a private person and they don't have to give them fair market value. In Kilo versus City of New London, a private business developer seized up land for a dollar from the private landowners to turn it into a shopping complex. And the Supreme Court said that the, remember, you have to have a government public purpose. You have to have a public purpose for eminent domain. The Supreme Court said, oh, well, the public purpose in this is the development of the land in a a manner that will increase the tax revenue for the local government, which provides greater monetary resources for the whole community. So the private business owner is going to develop this property that was previously undeveloped. And because this private, now they're going to make profit off of it, but they'll have to pay taxes on that profit. And yes, it's okay for them to run people off and only give them a dollar for their land force them into this for the public good, you know. And the Supreme Court said, yeah, yeah, that sounds constitutional to us. That a private corporation, because they're going to be increasing tax revenue, can steal land from people under the name of public-private partnership. Do you know what's crazy? They took all that, they didn't even develop the land. They didn't even do what they said they were going to do. So now you combine 
Kilo versus City of New London, which says that a private corporation can use the force of government and not give due process and not pay fair market value. And you apply it now to the Keystone Pipeline as our Congress sees fit. A private foreign corporation using the force of government can now take land from private owners for less than market value with no due process. Now that's not even considering the fact that the pipeline is supposed to go through uh, Indian Reservation. Remember, Indian Reservations are separate sovereign nations within the American continent, you know, these United States of America. So within South Dakota, you have Indian reservations where they're separate. I mean, it's just like having France right in the middle of South Dakota. They are separate sovereign countries. We don't have any authority to allow a, we don't even have any authority as a government to go through there without their permission, much less telling a foreign private corporation you can cut through this foreign country that sits in the middle of our state without, your perm- without their permission. So I don't know if I've triggered people, because there's obviously people, when I published this article to begin with, there were people who called me all kinds of nasty names. You know, oh, you're a closet liberal, Chris Ann. You just don't understand. Uh, you know, we have to have this. And, and you know, uh, you're, you're, not, you're not thinking about the economy. No, I'm thinking about the Constitution, people. I'm thinking about private property rights. And I'm thinking about the government believing that they own so much of our private property that they can actually give rights to it to a foreign corporation. So kick me in the pants if you don't like it, but I'm right. And if the Supreme Court shuts down the Keystone Pipeline, it will be the fault of our federal government for telling a foreign private corporation that they can get favors from our federal government and not follow the law. Seriously, why shouldn't this private foreign corporation have to negotiate with, business, with, with private property owners? So you, you don't want us to go through your property? Okay, we'll go around it. It's going to cost more, but we'll make it up in the end. It's called a cost-benefit analysis. Maybe you find innovative ways to get around the cost. You invent new ways. You invent cheaper ways, more efficient ways. But if I have to get a permit, then you have to get a permit. Now, nobody should have to get a permit from the federal government, period. Federal government was never delegated authority to issue permits. They don't have any authority over our over our uh, private property, our, our state property. They have no authority over that, constitutionally speaking. Now, if a state, if the people of a state want to allow their state government to require permits, then that's within the authority of the people of the state to do that. You don't want to get a permit, don't build in a state that requires permits. But there's no reason why a foreign corporation 
should be able to run around with the power of government, stealing land from people. So if, if the Keystone Pipeline, right, that is being built by the Trans-Canada Keystone XL Pipeline LP, foreign corporation, wants to build a pipeline, then they should have to go through all the due process and they should have to go through all the proper consideration, the fair market value. And they should have to contract and negotiate with the private property owners. And they should have to make private, they should have to make separate contracts with the Indian nations. We don't have treaty power to negotiate on behalf of the Indian nations for Pete's sakes. We don't have that authority. Could we enter into a treaty between France and Germany on behalf of France? No way. Could we enter into a treaty between Canada and, and Mexico on behalf of Canada? No. That's not how foreign policy works. So the Keystone Pipeline order should be denied. And there should be no Keystone Pipeline building the way Congress is allowing it to happen. None. The Army Corps of Engineers should have to comply with the laws as well. I found this very interesting just in these last few minutes. Look at this. The U.S. District Court orders Dakota Access Pipeline shot, shut down. There's many of these, these stories happening, but let me show you why. The pipeline must be emptied. A federal judge ordered the shutdown of the Dakota Access Pipeline and that it be emptied while a lengthy environmental review is conducted. The pipeline must be emptied by August 5th, the court ordered Monday, after finding, are you ready for this? The Army Corps of Engineers violated the National Environmental Policy Act when it granted an easement for the pipeline's construction and operation of crude oil running be beneath Lake, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that, O-A-H-A. -A. Maybe somebody there in our chat room can tell me how to pronounce that, O-A, Lake O-A. We'll just guess. I want you to grasp that. The Army Corps of Engineers violated federal law. Can I just list off to you the people who have been placed in federal prison for, for violating so-called environmental laws? Not even to this point? Mr. Roberson, who built a stock pond on his own land, and the EPA said no, this river six miles away could be affected by your stock pond, and they put him into prison for that? The Amish farmer who made a salve out of chickweed was thrown into federal prison because the FDA didn't like his label? And yet the Army Corps of Engineers, who's responsible? Who's accountable? And once again, a separate set of rules. So I'll just say bravo to this district court for saying, guess what? If you're going to enforce these rules on the people, then the Army Corps of Engineers has to follow these rules too. This is about protecting the rights of the people. 
It's about protecting the property of the people. It's about equal application under the law. A foreign private corporation that can give favor to government and be exempt from laws is not equal application under the law. A government agency that can destroy land can deny the same regulations that you and I are under and get a pass is not equal application under the law. So I might say to you today that our two cases that we talk about today are a victory for equal application under the law once and for all. So thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Colton Colton has been away at a friend's house for a week and he comes home today. So mom's really, really excited. Thank you for your patience with me today. Hopefully JC will be back tomorrow to join us. I do miss him greatly. And I know you guys too. You're always missing us uh, when we're gone. Uh, thank you again for joining us. Don't forget Liberty First University is where you get your training so you can look at these things and do it yourselves. Don't forget before. Before you go, please don't run away. I see people dropping. Don't go, before you go, give us a thumbs up and make sure that you subscribe and you hit the notifications so you don't ever miss a show. And we love to have you with us Monday through Friday. Don't forget about the Saturday show that we have as well. Constitutional America, Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live right here on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. We'll see you next time.